It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into a Saturday edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. Great to have you in. A lot to get to. And I mean a lot, a lot, a lot. There's a reason I'm doing a Saturday podcast. It's because I got all this good info and insight from experts, and I want to get it to you. I'm James Rapine. If you are new to the podcast, great to be with you. We give you your daily Bengals fix, usually Monday through Friday. And uh, I cover the Bengals for ESPN 1530, 700 WLW in Cincinnati. And let's dive right into it. By the way, you can subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher. And right now, all of them, basically anywhere you get your podcast, you can get Locked on Bengals, including LockedOnBengals.com, where right now two things are up. And these are two interesting, interesting pieces. One, you guys are probably familiar by now of Solomon Tetman's Prospect Spotlights. And he looks at Georgia guard Isaiah Wynn. And I got to tell you, I read that. I think you should read it. If you're into the draft, check it out because, well, the Bengals traded back to 21. And I think Isaiah Wynn should be on your radar. Check out why Solomon Tentman loves him. I think you'll love him. And uh, the Bengals might be able to turn their weakness at the offensive line into a strength if they consider Isaiah Wynn with the 21st pick. Solomon Tentman loves him. Check it out. LockedOnBengals.com. Another thing, my guy Joel Chandler writes, and he talked with an injury expert because, and it's interesting, uh, I was talking and and thinking about this, John Ross, injury issues, Tyler Eifert, injury issues, Cordy Glenn, injury issues. The Bengals are going all in on some of these guys. I mean, ninth overall pick, uh, extension, obviously, re-sign Eifert to a one-year deal, trade for a guy like Cordy Glenn who's had ankle foot issues. And... He caught up with an injury expert to talk about each injury, uh, essentially each player in their injury history, what she expects from them. She's very familiar. She's a Bengals fan. It's really, really good stuff, and it's uh, at LockedOnBengals.com. It's our featured story right now. I tweeted it out at LockedOnBengals at James Rapine. Really, really worth your time, and uh, just I, I I can't mention it enough. I was reading it. I was like, damn, this is interesting. This is good stuff, and it's something I think a lot of fans concerned about those guys worth, uh, you know, the 10-minute read or, or five-minute read, whatever it would be, depending on how fast you read. Either way, thank you so much for tuning in today on a Saturday. Heck, it might be Monday morning. You're driving into work. Normally, we don't have a podcast, really, for you Monday morning. So thank you so much for doing that uh, and listening a lot in this podcast, a lot. You're going to hear parts of my conversation with Dan Horde and Joe Goodberry and Dave Lapham. And Dave Lapham, I caught up with him Friday evening, close to the evening, and I just I want you to hear that. Let's start with Lap, because I talked with Lap about a bunch of different things, and I started naturally with Vontez Burfecht and Vontez Burfecht suspension, pending suspension, uh, with the the PEDs, and and you can read about that. I obviously reacted to that yesterday on Friday's podcast, but here's my conversation with Dave Lapham. I appreciate you coming on, man. How you doing? Good. How you doing, James? Good. It's, it's good to hear your voice. I haven't talked to you in a while, and I, 
I, I was thinking that today when I, I texted you and asked you to come on, it was going to be all roses. It was going to be all great stuff <laughs> and, and how I love the Bengals offseason and what they had done so far. And I still do. But this this looming thing with, with Vontez Perfect in the potential four game suspension that that certainly hurts things. Yeah, it does. First, uh, there were rumors about him being traded to Oakland to be reunited with Paul Gunther. They came out of Birmingham, Alabama, of all places. And uh, from what I can determine, there wasn't much uh, much uh, tooth to that type of uh, report. Not not much you could sink your teeth into. And then um, now this this four game suspension that he's appealing you know it, it, it's interesting the prescription medication he says he was taking you know to combat the concussion that he had against the Steelers then he messed his shoulder up against the Lions uh you know if that was a prescribed medication uh players obviously have to be aware of what they're putting in their bodies and they have to know what's what is being what is legal and and, and not with respect to the National Football League drug screening uh, so are the doctors, I would imagine. So, I mean, if, if that is, in fact, what tested positive Vontez Burford as a performance-enhancing drug, somebody dropped the ball. You know, I guess the final, as a player, you know, you have to take accountability responsibility for it. You have to know everything's going in your body. But if, it's, if it was something that was prescribed medically, you know, by the medical people, uh, man, as a player, I, I, I would think he's probably thinking, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Who's who's letting me down here? So I guess it all still has to unfold. He's he's appealing it, um, and it's going to be soon to be determined. But it would be interesting. I'd, I'll tell you what; they'd have a couple of uh, good sized linebackers, Preston Brown at the, in, at the Mike position, and Montez Burfitt at the will. You'd have uh, two guys over two hundred and fifty pounds. You know, probably close to two sixty each of them. They can run around a little bit and make plays. So it would have been a pretty good tag team, and it, you know, it still will be. For 12 games, but hopefully for all 16. And and Dave, that that's the interesting part uh, about this to me is obviously the Bengals are used to playing without Vontez Perfect. They, they could do that for a couple games, but he just signed a contract extension, and this could cost him, uh, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, if this does come back and, and he does lose the appeal to the NFL and is suspended, he could lose the the 11 plus million dollars guaranteed in that contract extension he signed just last season. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at uh, his, his fine and suspension total uh, could could basically uh, uh, eliminate uh, any deficit that a small country might have, you know? <laughs> I know. And now you add this to it, potentially. My gosh, I mean, giving back millions to the National Football League in terms of being fined and suspended, uh, this one would be a huge, uh, huge kick in the kick in the, uh, in the in the gut for sure. We'll, we'll see see how it uh, see how it unfolds. See see what they're they're saying the performance enhancing substance was and how he got it into his system and everything that goes along with it. But like I said, if it was, it was something that was medically described to him, that one's tough. I mean, if you go into a, a GNC or something and, and buy something off the shelf, you have to look at all, all the components that are, that are in that thing. And you have to know, you know, what you can and can't put in your body. You have to be smart enough as a player to know that because, because of this reason. Um, and, and if guys say, you know, all I did was take that supplement, I didn't know. Well, you got to know. You have to, you have to be smart enough to look at what the contents are. This is a different dynamic. This isn't going off the shelf of GNC or some supplement store and buying stuff to enhance, you know, your workouts and that type of thing. This, if this is the case, if this was the medication they was taking to combat, you know, problems with the concussion in the shoulder and that sort of thing, and it, and, it, and he tested positive as a result, that'd, that'd be a tough pill to swallow if you were a player. 
Yeah, exactly. Because you you trust the doctors. I mean, if you can't trust them, then who can you trust? That would be right. Yeah, I, I hope that 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 it isn't the case, and he can get get cleared just for his sake. As far as the the money in his pocketbook goes, I was hoping he'd finally be able to turn a corner. Dave Lapham is our guest. I'm James Rapine in for Mo today on ESPN fifteen thirty. Dave, you mentioned Preston Brown, and he's the local product out of Northwest. Was drafted out of Louisville by the uh, Buffalo Bills in the third round, and Heck, he's coming off of a couple years, 139 tackles two years ago for the Bills. Last year, 144 tackles. Signs a one-year deal here with the Bengals. Uh, That news broke earlier today. I like this signing. I do, too. I I, I do. I mean, I think, uh, obviously, this is where he wanted to be. He's a hometown uh, hometown kid, wanted to come and play here. Um, You know, and like you said, he's the tackling machine. He and Vontez Burford are both. Uh, NFL, not just team tackling leaders, NFL tackling champions. And I always have a problem with it because it's all subjective and each coaching staff, some coaches will give you an assist on a tackle if you're within five yards and sniffing range of, you know, the ball carrier falling down, trying to get um, their tackle numbers up for players to make pro bowls, that kind of thing. I mean, it all can be subjective. Uh, whereas other, other places, you know, they, they don't give you an assist unless you basically were part of the reason that the guy hit the ground and other teams will give you an unassisted tackle for that play. So, I mean, there are different definitions of what tackles are, but if you put tape on, bottom line, you put tape on, you watch Preston Brown, that dude is running to the football, and good things happen when you run to the football. You know, you're either involved in plays or, um, you know, you can be there to pick up the football if it's knocked loose or you can knock it loose for somebody else. Running to the football is a, is a, is a clear-cut uh, key to success, road to success, and, and this kid does that. He's involved in a ton of plays. He makes... You know, he diagnoses well, and he doesn't, he doesn't have a whole lot of false steps, and, and he gets there, and he gets there with, a, with some thump, just like Vontez does. What would you say, and obviously I'm not going to act like I've watched a ton of Preston Brown. I've obviously seen him when the Bengals play the Bills here and there, but overall it seems like this is a, a theme for the Bengals. They go after the, the one-year linebacker. They did it with Kevin Minner last year. They've done it in the past with, with older players is Preston Brown a different skill set than maybe Kevin Minner last year or some of these other linebackers they've brought in? He's much bigger. Uh, you know, the, th- the thing about both of the players they brought in from Buffalo, um, Cordy Glenn and this guy, their size, speed, you know, or size, quickness, size, speed, those ratios are, are crazy. Uh, plus, they're both in the prime. I mean, Preston Brown's, what, 26 years old? I think he turns here shortly. Yep. Uh, or he just turned 26 years old, and Cordy Glenn is, like, 29 years old. Uh, these, these guys are in their prime. They're, for an offensive lineman, 29 is far from aged, you know, and uh, for a linebacker, 25, 26 years old is far from age. So when, if you can get guys, uh, you know, in, in the prime of their career, and they've shown uh, that they, you know, they belong, so to speak. I mean, and both of them have, both have played at a very, very high level. And I think I think it's two darn good signings for, you know, for each side of the football. Dave Lapham is with us talking Bengals football. And you mentioned Cordy Glenn, and I, you know, I'm into the draft. I try to pay attention to the draft. I is it safe to say that the Bengals looked at the twelfth pick in this group of offensive linemen and didn't think there would be a left tackle at the twelfth pick that could do even had the potential to be what Cordy Glenn is and, and has proven to be in, in 2018? Yeah, I'm not sure they felt that there was a tackle at any pick in this year's draft that would be what Cordy Glenn has shown he can be in the National Football League. You know, I know they were very high on Cordy Glenn coming out of uh, Georgia, 
they had him on their board as a, as a late one, early two, and he went in the second round uh, to the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, they they, they felt, uh, you know, very, very good about his, his abilities. It, he's, got, he's got long arms. He's got really good feet. Well, so does another guy, Cedric O'Boy. He's long arms, really good feet. There's two A's. And um, for quarterbacks, quarterbacks is strong with anticipation and accuracy. For offensive linemen, it's athleticism and anchorability. And so far, Cedric O'Boy, he has not shown that he has the anchorability to go with the athleticism. Cordy Glenn has shown that he has the anchorability with the big body that he has. You know, much bigger um, frame than, than Cedric, or much more on the frame, I should say, than Cedric O'Boyhe. You know, Cedric's 310, Cordy Glenn's 340, 350. He has more anchor ability. Bull rushes don't uh, destroy him like Cedric's been destroyed by bull rushes. So, you know, straight A quarterbacks, anticipation actually straight A uh, tackles or, off- or linemen in general, athleticism and anchor ability. You have to have both. You can't just have one. Yeah, I, I agree completely, and I, I'm glad that. They were able to swing a deal. Is that something that you saw? Because to me, and I know the Bengals have made some trades recently, but I just, it was refreshing to see them kind of look at the draft, evaluate it, and maybe that was one of the changes that that Marvin was talking about when he announced his return in in that press conference was evaluating the draft, evaluating the free agent pool. I I look at a guy like Nate Solder, the left tackle who just signed with the Giants, four years, $62 He's older than Cordy Glenn. He he doesn't have the injury history that Glenn had last year, but I think when Glenn's healthy, he's better than Nate Solder. Yeah, I, I think that obviously that's the one thing that you had to make sure of as best you possibly could as an organization is the uh, injury factor that you mentioned. When when you have ankle or foot problems um, and you're a big body guy like that, if you're ever cracking the foundation, the rest of the building's in trouble. So. You know, I mean, you you look over over the uh, the years in, in any sport. Ogden never played after Ohio State because of his lower his foot injuries, ankle problems, knee injuries. Um, the same thing, uh, you know, into Bill Walton's career, and it happens to National Football League players as well. If you're a big guy and you have a crack in that foundation, the closer to the ground, the more gravity is the factor. The more uh, pressure there is. I mean, you know, have a hip injury, knee injury get to the foot and ankle, the closer to the ground when you're trying to support that entire structure on your foot and your ankle. If you have, if you have issues there, it can end your career. I mean, Jack Lambert was never hurt. Jack Lambert had basically a severe case of turf toe where he had tendon and ligament problems uh, attaching to the ball. His foot never played again. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's serious when you're talking about those type of injuries. You have to make sure that, uh, that you feel like they're not going to uh, be, be some sort of a, uh, a recurring problem. And, uh, and they, I think, obviously, with the physical and everything, and uh, they, they made a determination that the Cordy Glens aren't that type of injury and that they'll be able to come back from it and, and function uh, properly. And I'll tell you, if they get him at, at 100% health, I agree with you. The kid, throw, he'll throw people around. I mean, he's powerful. He's, uh, he's nasty. Um, he, can, um, you know, he can shut down pass rushers, you know, outstanding pass rushers one-on-one. I mean, he's, he's really a good player. There's no question about it. Dave Lapham joining us. Uh, I'm James Erpine. This is ESPN 1530. Dave, they, they re-signed Tyler Eifert yesterday to a, a one-year contract. I really hope they got a deal done with him. I, I just I look at the offense and how it's been over the past two years, and I thought letting a, a talent like Tyler Eifert just walk away, go to another team, it was risky, and I, I get it. He's had a lot of injuries. He's missed 
uh, 41 out of uh, a potential 80 regular season games. But Tyler Eifert here, I think it's a, a really good move by the team. But what did you think about them keeping Eifert around? Yeah, I, I think for a year, um, obviously the market basically dictated that everybody was feeling about Tyler Eifert the same way the Cincinnati Bengals and, and a lot of the fans were. Love to have him, supreme talent. Just can't pay him. You know, can't give him. I mean, he watched tight ends that probably don't have the ability that he has, the athleticism that he has, get long-term, big-dollar deals. Obviously, you know, he, he didn't fall into that category. And, and the whole league made the, uh, made the declaration. Now, the Rams and the 49ers went after him on, one, on these one-year packs. You, you better believe Andrew Whitworth had something to say to the Rams coaching staff in front office about Tyler Eifert. Heck, he put Tyler Eifert up. Tyler Eifert stayed with Andrew Whitworth and his family, you know, the first couple of years of his career um, as he was getting settled into Cincinnati. I mean, they're fast friends as well as knowing what kind of a player Tyler Eifert is. So, uh, you know, the fact is that he, he showed the loyalty that we were hoping he would to the Cincinnati Bengals. They, they matched the type of dollars they were talking about in a minimum, $5 million to get escalate up to over eight uh, based on in, uh, incentives, incentivize the deal, which, which is what everybody thought, a one-year show-me deal. And I'm glad it's here in Cincinnati because he and Andy Dalton, they can make magic together, James. We've seen it. There's no question about it. And Tyler Eifert's good for a touchdown catch every six receptions. I think he's got 126 catches and 20 touchdowns. So that's, that's being – that's touchdown makers are, <laughs> are hard to find. And having the 13 touchdowns in that one season, he was – he was threatening to lead the league, not just tight ends and touchdowns. He was threatening to lead the lead, lead, lead the league. I think there were a couple of wideouts that ended up with 15 that year, but he had 13, and I think 11 of the 13 were in the red zone. So it, it, we all know what he is in the red zone. He's, he's a, a scoring machine in the red zone. So I, I just hope that the football gods decide this is the year that he can play in 16 games and, and stay healthy and see what kind of numbers he can put up because uh, he deserves it. I mean – if uh, you know the obviously he has not not been able to complete any season. I mean, playing less than half the games that you were slated to play is is not going to cut it in the National Football League. Uh, you know, availability is uh, is one of the biggest abilities you can have, and unfortunately, it hasn't been that way for him. Yeah, hopefully, it can be moving forward. Last question for you, Dave, and and you've been great with your time. I appreciate it. As far as is the rest of of this off season goes, obviously, free agency. Still going on, uh, the Bengals, uh, I do know that there's some veterans. They've moved on from Adam Jones. Do you think that they have a, a couple more moves up their sleeve? Is there anything that you think could be pending, whether it's moving on from a veteran or going after a, another free agent or anything like that? That's, that's an interesting question. I mean, they, they've, they've basically, you know, by, by re-signing Kevin Huber, helped uh, determine field position. and He's been the big factor in that. They wanted to make sure that, that he stayed in Cincinnati. They've helped the offensive line. They've helped the linebacker position. They've helped the, uh, you know, scoring with the tight end. Uh, that's a, a very dynamic playmaker, you know, when healthy. Uh, I guess the biggest question is, what are they going to do with Russell Bodine? I mean, is there any money left for Russell Bodine? Or do they, obviously nobody is, uh, they're not knocking his door down. There are not all kinds of offers out there for Russell Bodine. You haven't heard about him making a whole lot of visits mm-hmm. here, there, and everywhere. So depending on what his market is, Will they re-sign him? Because there's not that big of a market out there. It won't. It doesn't seem like the cost is being driven up too high. Or they d- decide to let him move on somewhere, no matter what uh, the dollar um, uh, amount is in the contract. And with that 21st pick, take a center. 
you know, take, uh, you know, Daniels from Iowa, or I, I would take Price from Ohio State. I think Daniels is a little small. I mean, he's been coached well. The head coach up there is a former offensive line coach in the National Football League. A lot of really good offensive linemen come out of Iowa. A lot of really good offensive linemen come out of Ohio State. Price had the, the pectoral problem, you know, in the bench press there. But um, things I hear about him, he's another wit. I mean, he was basically uh, the voice of Ohio State. I mean, the media went to him whenever they wanted a reasoned, uh, reasoned out comment, somebody that, you know, had a, had a brain uh, to deal with. And, and, and I, I saw, on, I think it was on the Big Ten Network, I saw uh, a video of they had the, the huddle mic'd up for Ohio State's offense, and Barrett and Price were running the show. I mean, they were the only voices you heard. So, I mean, if you draft a guy like Price at 21, is that too high? Eh, might be. But if you could draft a center in the you know toward the bottom end of the first round, and he's a plug and play guy for ten or twelve years, I mean, how's that a bad pick? So, I don't know. I mean, depending on what other prospects are there, maybe you feel like you can get another center that's close to that caliber of player later on, or do you sign Russell Bonner? I think that's the last one that's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out in my mind, James. Yeah, that makes sense. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm a boy. I'm with you, by the way. I think uh, even with Bodine, whether or not they resign him, I think day one or day two, a center would be would be great for this offense. So uh, let's uh, let's hope that that happens. He's Dave Lapham. Dave, I appreciate the time. It's good to chat with you. It's been a little while, and uh, I'm sure I'll be knocking your door down for draft season here shortly. <laughs> You're the man, James. Listening to you all the time. You're doing a great job. I thought that was good stuff. Really interesting on on Billy Price and. James Daniels, and I like both players. I know Joe Goodberry likes both players. I think Billy Price is going to drop to like the 40th pick. Might not be there at 46. I think he drops late first round, probably day two, gone by the first 10, 12 picks. Will the Bengals be able to get him in round two? Maybe. Could they trade back at the end of round one? I could see that as well. So it'll be interesting. No doubt in my mind, though, James Daniels, a guy who lap worries about his size, but he's an athletic freak, or Billy Price. And, and any time Dave Lapham mentions a name, you note that one down. And the fact that he mentioned Billy Price, I think it's worth noting down. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. You're going to hear my conversation with Jim Osarski in just a second. By the way, I, uh, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. By the way, the, the Bengals have signed Matt Barkley to a two-year contract. Uh, he's he's going to back up. Andy Dalton, of course, and I get that, and you heard Jeff Hobson on this podcast a couple weeks ago saying that that was probably going to be likely they sign a veteran and draft one. I still think they draft one. They're not going to say, oh, we have Matt Barkley. We're not going to draft one. Now, will they reach for a quarterback? No, but odds are I expect a mid-round to late quarterback prospect to be drafted by the Bengals in April's draft. So we'll see if that happens. I hope it happens. Thank you so much for joining us on the Locked on Bengals podcast. My conversation with Jim Osarski still ahead. And Dan Horde, he's excited about Tyler Eifert's return. You'll hear Dan's comments next on the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Great to have you in on a special edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I was a fan of the Tyler Eifert signing, and guess who else was? Dan Horde. Here's Dan. I I caught up with him to talk. He's the voice of the UC Bearcats, so we talk mostly NCAA tournament. But here's the the tidbit. It's about two minutes long. Me, Dan Horde, the voice of your Cincinnati Bengals, discussing them re-signing Tyler Eifert. Hey, it just continues what's been a great couple of weeks for the Bengals. Cordy Glenn. Uh, the decision with Adam Jones, Chris Baker to a lesser extent. I'm really excited about this offseason so far, and let's hope it continues. I completely agree. I, I didn't see the Cordy Glenn trade coming. I was hoping. I knew he could potentially be on the block, and the fact that all they did was move back nine spots to get him, I, I love the deal. Yeah, and moved up later in the draft, getting yeah. a fifth for a sixth, basically. I thought it was a great deal. Um Gives them a little more flexibility probably in the first round. They're not locked into really looking for the best tackle available. They can now stick to what they've been doing in recent years and take the best player available. I'll be honest. I really was starting to think that Tyler Eifert would not resign with Cincinnati. He's so close to uh, Andrew Whitworth that I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach that Whit was going to convince him to sign with the Rams, go out to Hollywood, enjoy the warm weather. You're a good-looking guy. You'll get some endorsements. Uh, so I think it's a great move by the Bengals. And, you know, now let's hope he stays healthy and earns a huge, huge extension after catching double-digit touchdowns this year. Yeah, I hope so. What's crazy, Dan, I saw a stat today. Over the past three seasons, he has the, the he's tied for the third-most red zone touchdowns with 16, and he's only played in 23 of 48 games. It's just, it's well, insane, the production. 13 in one of those seasons. Yeah. Uh, but let's face it, we know what he's capable of doing when he's healthy. And couple that uh, with the guys that they have coming back that I thought actually played pretty well last year in Tyler Eifert's absence. Um, you know, Tyler Croft in particular, maybe that'll be a uh, highly productive position. I agree. I loved it. I loved it. Dan Horde, I told you it was just a couple minutes here. Let's get to one more here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm trying to give you all the insight, partially because who knows what will change by Monday. Hell, I was ready to celebrate the whole Preston Brown thing and then Vontez Perfect throw a wrench in the plans uh, <laughs> with that. So, um, but, but I caught up with Jim Osarski, and this is interesting because I wondered – the future, about the future of Vontez Perfect yesterday because of what Ian Rappaport threw out there, and Jim kind of debunked it. Here's uh, Jim Osarski of Cincinnati.com. Now we have this Vontez Perfect cloud in a pending four-game suspension hanging over the, the organization, hanging over the fan base. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and, and so the immediacy of it and sort of the, the obviously the unexpected nature of it, I mean, you know, people here in Cincinnati know this better than than anyone else nationally. Um, you know, Vontaze Burfick's issues, if, if you want to call them that, were always between the stripes. I mean, it, whatever his suspensions and fines and, and well, it was all related to football, right? And whether or not he could play within the rules the league wants him to play within. Uh, this is the first time anything off the field has popped up. For Vontez Burfecht. Now, I know nationally, and everyone knows this, it, it, it's one and the same, I guess. So it, it's surprising in that regard, uh, James, at least to me. Um, you know, he's going to appeal. We did some research 
Uh, going back to 2014, only two players have successfully appealed a drug or PED suspension. Um, the last one being Dwayne Brown saying he ate some bad meat in Mexico <laughs> a few years ago. So it, it you know, it, it doesn't look good for Vontez Burfick, but again, James, I, you know, look, this guy, he's missed three games to start 17. He's missed three games to start 16 with suspensions. He's missed more games than that due to injury. I guess if you were to say Vontez Burfick's going to play 12 games, I, you probably would say that sounds about right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you're right. But he, here's the thing in the – the other side of it to me, it's not necessarily missing the games, and obviously he's he's had his fair share of injuries as well, along with suspensions. It's the how it affects his contract, because I think, and based on what Ian Rappaport said of NFL Network, it looks like the guaranteed money becomes void, that $11.3 million on a contract he just signed. Does that truly become void if the suspension is uh, exactly that, and he doesn't lose the, or he loses the appeal? No, I... We just updated our story at Cincinnati.com, James. I think Ian is a little off. I, I, we have um, several league sources, both with, with the, the organization and independently, who, who know the contract. Um, that's that's not accurate. Um, Vonta, and we reported this when Vontaze Burford signed his extension last year, James. There's, the, the club took very little risk a year ago. They paid out $3.3 million signing bonus in 2017, um, and a lot of this money was new. It, it, he, he was paid a lot of this last year. Uh, the only guaranteed money, I guess, that's on the line for Vontez is if the team decides to release him before March 31st, so in a few weeks. Uh, so if they do that, they're totally off the hook, and maybe that's what Ian is referencing, but there's no voiding, there's no language that says if he's suspended – for any reason, there's there's voiding of contracts. That's just not how it works. Um, so yes, technically, if they cut him, they're you know they cut him. But that's like any other player, James. To be yeah. honest, I mean, it, it, there's no there's no provisions. There's nothing that says specifically if if a suspension happens, the Bengals can get out of anything. Um, it, it's just that all of Vontaze Burfick's guaranteed money, if you will, comes from him playing. He has to be on the 46-man active game day roster to get paid. It's up to two and a half million or two and a quarter million dollars, the most allowed by the CBA. Um, he has to be available to to be paid, and we we wrote that last year, and that was the thing that the Bengals, uh, you know, that's how they protected themselves because again, a year ago, he had already been suspended six games and had missed games with shoulders and concussions and all those things. So, um, yeah, it, you know, maybe if you think the team is going to release him in a few weeks. There's concern, but honestly, James, I mean, there's nothing in this organization's background that would make me think they're about to do that a year after giving him $33 million. That's interesting. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com, joining us. So if that's the case, it feels like that suspension, no suspension, it's not really going to determine much uh, as far as Vontez Burfick's future with the Bengals because the way Ian put it and then – Mix that with the the rumblings, which we've talked about, and it seems like they're inaccurate, and you and Schefter and a bunch of people have talked about how inaccurate they were, but it doesn't seem like the Bengals are going to trade him, and if there's if it doesn't really affect his contract, it sounds like regardless of the suspension, you expect Vontez Perfect to be in stripes next year. I, I do. And look, I mean, you know, the, 
anything can change. I think there's only like three guys on the Bengals to me that this team is not going to trade or get rid of. I mean, so you always kind of have to say that. Like, it, 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 there are no absolutes, but I, I don't see um, I, why, why would their feeling about this be any different than last year than a year ago. What, I mean, what's changed? Yeah, I'm sure it's disappointing. The first time we get a chance to talk to Marvin Lewis, we can, we can I, I'm sure he'll say how disappointed he is and there needs to be responsibility. It says he needs to be on the field. I mean, it, but again, when the guy is on the field, it's like the Tyler Eifert thing. He's one of the best players in the league at his position. The Bengals are better and can win a Super Bowl in 2018 if Perfect is healthy and playing, right? So I, I don't see how... Moving him helps them win a Super Bowl in 2018. Um, I, you know, could could he be? I mean, anybody could be traded, James. I guess you could be traded down the dial, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> um, absolutely. But, or, or released, so in, <laughs> right? And and in regards to the the trade rumor, I, look, I talked about you know people people that I trust from California to Cincinnati, and and to me, you know, no one said anything that was that made. Those rumors, I don't even want to call it a rumor, James, in terms yeah. of, could there have been a conversation somewhere in Indianapolis? Sure, they're there for a week talking football. I, you know what I mean? If, 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 if those conversations that are had all came to light, I think every player in the, the league is traded. I think, uh, didn't John Lynch say he asked Bill Belichick if he, if he would trade Tom Brady yeah. before settling on, on, on Jimmy Well, I mean, it's just one of those things, James, where I just, it's all coming to a head. It's all here in these last 48 hours or so, which is understandable. But I think once the dust settles, um, I do believe Vontez Burfick will be playing linebacker for the Bengals in whatever week it is when the suspension is over. Jim Osarski of the Enquirer is our guest. He's on Twitter at Jim Osarski. Jim, let's, uh, let's look at the, the future here. I'm going to ask you just about that because it seems like the Bengals are making moves. Obviously, they signed Preston Brown today, Tyler Eifert yesterday. Looking at Russell Bodine still out there in free agency, is he the next domino to fall? Is there a next domino, maybe an outside free agent? What's the the, the status of, of kind of the Bengals in the next move they could potentially make? Yeah, that's interesting because, uh, you know, before this tampering period, you would kind of get signings late in March, right? Like these kind of one year, I mean, think Brandon LaFell, think Carlos Stansby, if you want to talk about specifically in town. Those guys were late March, one year veteran signings, guys who just, you know, eventually had to find a team uh, to the prove it deal, if you will. Um, I think that's happening sooner <laughs> for, for guys. Um, I, I don't think the team might have to wait till the end of March. Um, so there could be some veterans uh, that, that pop up on the radar that can be had uh, at what dollar amount, I don't know. But in regards to Russell Bodine, that's an interesting one, James, because clearly Marvin Lewis wanted him back, he, you know, dating back to the senior bowl. But here we are, you know, speaking late in the week. Um, there's been, I, I know teams have been interested in Russell Bodine, but clearly not to the degree that he is signed or, or going to be the anchor of, of an offensive line somewhere else, right? I mean, other centers have been signed, and now Baltimore's Ryan Jensen is, is getting wind and dying from Tampa to Indy. Mike Pouncey has been uh, released and is available out there. So there's still centers available. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess I could see Russell Bodine coming back, but it might not be for the years and dollars 
everyone expected in January, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, what that is, I don't know. Um, but I think as, as time goes on, all of this only benefits the club because there's less money out there, there's less players or fewer players. Um, and if Russell Bodine is back, it could just be a situation that really the Bengals feel good about. And maybe that's one year, two years. I mean, I think the five-year, $40 million or whatever, I think, I think that's, at least here in Cincinnati, has, has gone away if that ever even was an option. If that was an option, man, if that happened, I'd pass out. <laughs> I'm not well, I think put it this way, if it was a real thing, I think it Ooh. would have been signed already. Yeah. It's more of an example. I, I think Ooh. you know, it, yeah, I think if the Bengals want him back, it, it clearly was not at the, the length and dollars Russell uh has been looking for. But now as time goes on, you know, the the leverage now swings to the teams. Do you think they would look at and, and last thing here, do you think they would look at any uh, a veteran center or a veteran right tackle? Obviously they signed Bobby Hart. Our veteran guard is—is is that still on the play? I, I, on the table at least. I know that they'll probably not spend big money on one, but do you think that's an option? I, I, yeah, James. I think anything is an option, especially on the offensive line. And when you have to get to ninety players, mm-hmm. um, well, contracts can be structured any way a team wants. I mean, you know, the only thing they owe a guy is a set, is a signing bonus, and you sign a guy in March or April, um, and he's gone by July. You know, what what are you really out? So, um, no, you're right. I do. I think, I think any, I, I shouldn't say any, any player the Bengals feel, <laughs> you know, in their scouting could help um, that's out there. I think that they're going to inquire. Mike Brown made it clear in January this was a priority for him and the team. I think the Cordy Glenn deal, I mean, only proves that. Um, and now going forward, it's just what's, what's their best option. And, and let's not forget the draft. Let's not think they won't take a tackle. If one's available, yeah, in their spots. So I think that's also, you know, something we could be seeing in late April. That's good stuff there, Jim Osarski. We were loaded in this podcast. That's why I had all this stuff, all these conversations just sitting there. I was on ESPN 1530 yesterday, and I had them on Thursday, Friday, and I'm like, you know what? I got to get this out there to the people. I got to do it. That's why we have a Saturday edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Um I still didn't get to fit in my conversation with Joe Goodberry. Probably get that in Monday, along with some other stuff, as we are kind of waiting for the next move to fall. The latest thing that happened today, the Bengals signed Matt Barkley, who's played for a bunch of teams, honestly. The the San Francisco 49ers, the Eagles, a couple others, to a two-year contract to be the backup quarterback, potentially. And this is expected. I wouldn't fret, Bengals fans. I still think that this gives them a chance. And again, a chance to draft someone, a quarterback. I just don't know where. It might not be at 21 or 46 or, you know, in round three like I hope. Even though they have two picks in round three. (laughs) The earlier the better in my mind. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to this. Make sure you go to LockedOnBengals.com. Check out Joel Chandler's interview with an injury expert on Eifert, Cordy Glenn, John Ross, and their prognosis and what she thinks is going to happen in their future. Plus, 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 Solomon Tetman's Prospect Spotlight, every single podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. Thank you so much for listening, and until Monday, I'm James Erpine. This has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.